comic book pit. Okay. coming to you from North Irwin, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and the scene here is one of pandemonium. <laughs> there are just, just, there's just furniture everywhere. There's furniture, there's calendars, it's a mess. So you're, you're, you're in your, uh, your home office slash, uh, nerd cave? Yes, this is it. I would, uh, give a guided tour, but I'm afraid to touch anything, because the, the setup here is brand spanking new and still delicate. Yeah, it's uh, probably probably tenuous at best. Yes, and I actually accidentally disconnected my keyboard, so that's uh... – <laughs> this computer doesn't have a lot of USB slots, and it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if – I guess I could get a uh... – I don't know, they make like – Like a hub? A hu- there we go. That's like the a word. USB hub, yeah. Yes, and that I could just put one in and stick a bunch in that. That may be what I, I should probably finally do that. I've had this computer for seven years and I've bitched about it the entire, like, oh, it doesn't have this. Or, the, the keyboard's too tiny and there's not enough USB slots. And yeah, I hear you. I'm, I've I've got computer woes of my own. I, we've I think we've we've definitely talked about that. That's that's part of the reason why we're we're so happy to be at uh, the Sorgatron Media Studio because uh, because our computers suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that we could do it, that I can still um, be the remote podcaster, because it yeah. helps in a pinch like this on days when uh, it's, the schedule is a little unforgiving. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, the nearly hour drive in. Yeah, and it, you know, and it, especially like this time of year, it's summertime, it's it's the weekend, there's always something going on, especially in our city, in our, yeah. our fair city of Pittsburgh, there's always activities, there's always sports there's always music and you know what was the um what i know there's a baseball game going on today obviously mm-hmm. uh, is there anything else going on that you got caught in traffic on yeah, the way i don't know it, sunny it, beach view yeah that was um there was traffic uh coming into the city and then once i got through the tunnel there was uh traffic uh yeah coming coming down from the south end of the city, so I, yeah, I have no yeah, idea what's well, going on today. It's I'm I'm woefully uh, unprepared to drive in our city. Sometimes those are the two worst tunnels. Yeah, Squirrel Hill and Fort Pitt. Yeah, those are the two worst. Those are yeah. So if you're ever tunnels. if you're ever visiting <laughs> visiting our fair city, beware. Come at like four in the morning. <laughs> come come out of the Fort Pitt. Yeah, come out of the Fort Pitt tunnel. Uh, at like you know three or four in the morning, and you'll get one of the best uh, best views ever. Uh, and you'll get it unencumbered. Yeah, but if you go through 
through uh, three or four in the afternoon, you're SOL. Now, let me, uh, I, I, you know, this is more the pit portion of comic book pit that we're dwelling sure. on. Do you prefer the nighttime Fort Pitt tunnel reveal or the daytime Fort Pitt tunnel reveal? Ooh, that's, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I think if it's during the day, I think it depends on the weather. I True. Think, I think it True. has to be like a sunny day, like, uh, you know, yeah. blue sky, you know, very few clouds. You get a really good, um, you know, view of the city. Um, but but also like at at night it's uh, equally beautiful with all the lights and you get the, you know, the rivers and um, you know it looks like it's like something out of a movie. In fact, I think they used that view or that that shot in um, what was it called? Uh, it's like I think it was like a like a smaller movie. It's called like Perks of Being a Wallflower. It was filmed here. And I, I was gonna say the fish that saved Pittsburgh, but. <laughs> Uh, I'd be surprised if anyone uh, <laughs> under the age of 40 remember that movie. I'm under 40. I'm aware of it. It's me. I'm the one. I forgot you're you're, you're not yeah, you you haven't hit the big 40 yet. No, no. No, you you've got a couple years. I've got all the aches and pains and and physical ailments that come with being of the in my fourth decade, but so I'm not there yet. You're you're ready, you're just not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to welcome you to the club because it's all downhill from there. Oh, I, I, I feel like I've been preparing for it for at least uh, almost a decade now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for the record, I'm going to say probably night view. You're right, day view okay. depends on the day, but I'm going to go night view because those lights are just so vibrant. I guess it depends, you know, a good night too. But yeah, night mm-hmm. view is pretty potent. It's good anytime. I mean, it, it's oh, like yeah. Wilkinsburg. It's good all over. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> well, and I would also recommend if if you ever have an opportunity, uh, the, the the tours of the city uh, of the rivers via the uh, Gateway Clipper offer some really yeah. nice views too. Some kind of like river level uh, views of the city are really been, really nice. I've been living here; it'll be almost nine years. It'll be like nine years in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't done that. Oh really? Came close. That came close this summer when my brother and his wife came down. We were like, we should do that. And then uh, the schedule just didn't allow it. But yeah, never was, done it. I was gonna say, if you ever have friends or family visiting from out of town, that's always a good thing to do. And um, taking advantage of the uh, just ducky tours are also uh, very good for out of towners. My dad and brothers did that oh a lifetime ago. My mother used to work for uh, county government. And every year they would have like a conference somewhere. Mm-hmm. And one year Allegheny County hosted, so they all came down. And while she was busy, you know, working, doing, being part of the conference, my dad and brothers did that. I forget where I was. I was, I, I was not part of the. You weren't the invited those days. Well, <laughs> I was in my early to mid twenties. So okay, was, so you were, you were otherwise yeah, occupied. I, yeah, I was. Those were my lost years. You know the 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 funny thing. Um, I've lived here pretty much my entire life, and I've been on that tour three times. Hmm. Well, you live here. I mean. But, I mean, as far as, like, you know, like yeah. friends and family coming from out of town, like, hmm. you know, like, I've I've been on it three times. And, like, I've probably been on it more times than, like, most tourists. And, okay. I, and I live here, and I, I see this. I get to see the city every day. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what's so, <laughs> I even I haven't got to. This is kind of this is this is we're getting way off topic, but this is kind of uh, the first time I was on one of the the tours. 
you know, because the these are amphibious, were like World War Two, like refin, like refurbished or whatever, um, amphibious vehicles that drive on you know land and water, and they they drive um, into the river and they convert to like sea, like they're you know seaworthy or river worthy, whatever, and they the the pilot drives around and gives you more information, and you know, um, and at one point they they cut like they they slow it down like to a crawl basically and if there's any kids on board they they just go over the mic and say hey does anyone want to steer you know steer the boat and uh <laughs> the first time i went on like like there were probably a, a half dozen kids but none of them raised their hands so i was like i'll do it i'll do it and the guy was like okay so so I, <laughs> so i went to the front of the boat and i and i i steered the boat for like 15 minutes and and uh, I, he took a picture of me, and it was a, uh, it was pretty funny. It was like the, uh, the, the big kid, got to do yeah. it. I think they gave me a sticker too. Huh. And then there I am drinking on the, <laughs> the video. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so, but and uh, how old were you? Like thirty-five? <laughs> yeah, I was definitely in my thirties. <laughs> well, hey, no one's going. Sometimes you just have to. No, uh, actually, I was probably people. just. No, you know, this was before. Let me think. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I take that back. I hadn't turned 30 yet. I was okay. maybe like 26, 27. Okay. But still. Yeah. Hey. Hey, no kids want to step up. That's right. Someone's got to that. Someone's got to. Right? Yeah, someone's got to. Someone's got to step up and be a kid. Much like, much like this podcast, no one's going to step up. We have to just uh, grab the reins and. And steer it in whatever direction. That's right. It needs to go. That's right. So, well, so speaking of which, so we've got some, uh, we got some comics to talk about. So, um, I think we've got a, probably a couple that we are both going to talk about, and then we might have a couple that, like one that I've read that you haven't, and vice versa. So, yes. What do you, uh, what do you think we want to talk about first? Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe action. Yeah, we can talk about action. You read action. I read action. You read action. You know what's weird is I had – just yesterday morning I woke up and I, I'm here in the office. So I, this ideally the stuff would be ready to me to like look at reference, hold up to the camera, what have you. I, I filed everything away. I had no – the pile was about a foot high <laughs> of comic books. And I filed them away. I was like, I have too many. I have too many comics. And uh, but yeah, action, action 1001. I read it. You read it. Um, mm. I loved it. There were some moments where it kind of – I don't know how I want to say this. I just kind of – there were some moments that just felt, I don't know, traditional. I don't know, easy, lazy, I don't, cliche, maybe cliche. I'm trying to just some be- – I mean, it's still – the all is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bendis definitely gets – Superman gets the world, gets the character. There did, like I said, there was a couple moments. I think like in the Daily Planet and some of this. I guess some of the Bendisy cliches were there. Some of like the the over the, the too much. I don't know the over talky. Yeah. What? Bits. Yeah. I would. Well, yeah, I would agree. Uh, although I, I feel like he he's definitely dialed it down a little bit. Like he's it's like Bendis. Like when he was writing. Miles Morales and Avengers. I mean, he his Bendis was up to like ten. I feel like this is like Bendis at like a six or a seven. Yeah, I mean, I've read some Bendis where it's like 
word balloons and then the the art peeks through. Yeah. It, it's practically prose. Um, it's not that far. But there's like when he's fighting those like robbers at the beginning, I was like, there's a lot of dialogue here. <laughs> um, and then it just, I think some of the Daily Planet stuff felt a little cliche. I did like how Patrick Gleason do, drew Clark Kent as like big and like frumpy. I was gonna, I was just very subtle, but it was there. I thought that exact same thing, and I, I, I thought it was well, yeah. The the art I thought by Patrick Gleason was just, uh, just top notch. I mean, he's, you know, I don't think he's considered one of the like sexy A-list artists that we have in this industry, but he's definitely A-list talent. And, yes, and, I agree. And and I uh, and I and I totally agree that like yeah, there's there's scenes where they like he he gives Clark like the hunched shoulders, yeah, and he kind of has this like sad sack face on him, but then like when he's Superman, he's that like Kurt Swan like that barrel chested. You know, he, like he's big, but he's not like he doesn't look jacked. Like he doesn't like how some people draw him. Like, like this. He's not a Stephen Platt drawing. Right. He's not this like roid filled like rage monster. He's yeah. He's like he's he's big, but he's like I said, he's got that barrel chested look where it, like he's he's formidable, but he's not. You know, he doesn't look like you know he's doing CrossFit or something. He like he's a farm boy. <laughs> Like he, yeah, uh, you're right. The, the, the farm boy is the perfect and and how he should look. Right. It's, and it's the yeah. And I, I I came to this realization, or I should say this epiphany. Like it, and it's like a personal epiphany. I don't know if anyone would agree with it or if it would be shared. But you know, I, I think people assume, like we all assume, oh Superman is big and strong because he's powerful. He has superpowers. He's from he's an alien. He's from Krypton. And it, it, I think I'm like, well, wait a second. He grew up on a farm. He did he did manual labor. I mean, yeah, he had super strength, but he still had to lift things. Like he still had to do chores. Yeah. Like I think I don't think anyone's ever explored the fact that like he probably has his physique. Like 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 why hasn't someone at the planet said or thought like Clark Kent is such a nerd, but the dude is huge and. Like, like, why? Like, it should be like two lines of dialogue, and like someone says that, and someone's like, "Well, the guy grew up on a farm. He, you know." Yeah, I wonder if that's happened. I mean, we you, between us, we've not read every no that's panel true. of Superman, so I wonder. So I'm sure at some point someone said that, but they didn't always draw him like that. But I do think it it does make it that should inform the uh, the visual. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's a comic book, and they can look however they oh, want. Oh, sure, he's he's had like a, a million different looks since nineteen. Sometimes he's got like since nineteen thirties. Stuff like that, but yeah, I always liked it when they made him just a little uh, bulkier, and using that idea that he was like a farm kid to uh, inform that yeah. this where like he he's like big and beefy for a reason, you know, yeah. Not because not because he's you know powered by the sun, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Um, but I, you know, just getting back to this issue, like I've I've really and enjoying what what Bendis is is doing i've i so far i've i've purchased and read and enjoyed the the six issue man of steel series or mini series uh superman number one and action comics 1001 um and i'm i'm at a loss i mean i i, I guess i I'm, i mean i shouldn't be at a loss because it's clearly it's the it's bendis you know i mean and he has he's writing him in a way that 
um, makes him feel a little more relatable to to me. Like I, I I could never really get into Superman because I just I guess I just never bought it or never never bought him as a character. But you know he's really well. I, I'm sorry. I should back up a little bit. I, I, I think to be fair, I think maybe in the last five years they've you know because it's not fair to like. Um, uh, Daniel Tomasi and Patrick Leeson, who have been working on this character, yeah, that was a good run, and yeah. and like yeah, they that they that they've made Clark a family man, they made Superman a family man with a wife and a child, and you know that's that's a big part of making him feel relatable to and a that lot worked. of people. I, for for me personally, I was uh, unsure of how that would work, mm-hmm. um, and I have a, I have an ongoing history with Superman. I haven't. I mean, I've come, I've gone and lost. Like I have, when I was like 12 and Death Of came out, I got, I started reading it like on the regular then. And I have like a 10 year run of like every issue from like 92 to 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then it's like sparse here and there. And then um, around the rebirth, I got into it. Uh, I, I went full board because I really like, I was unsure I, what it would be like. Um, picked it up, really, really enjoyed it, and I've been there, you know, I've been on it ever since. I, I don't have all the actions. Like, I was reading Superman. I really liked that Tomasi Gleason stuff. That That's what I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's really – and so I was kind of sad to see that run end, that creative team leave. But I like that – I like what Bendis is doing. Really do enjoy it. Um, I, I knew exactly for the same reasons you're saying. I mean, I, I was already there, but I'm just even more like – he gets it, and he, mm-hmm. it's a really much a like a love letter to what makes Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, without, and, and I like, I, it's always weird to see like new stuff, like new villains or like little status quo shakeups. Um, but he ultimately gets like the core of the character, mm-hmm. and that shines through. And, and I'm glad that like Gleason was kept on to, to do the art on action because he he got it too. Yeah. Gleason, someone I first discovered on that. Um, Robinson of Batman series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then um, stuck with him. And so like, when he went to Su- – I think that was another reason why. When he went to Superman, I stuck with him because I discovered him on that. But. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. Like, like I said, he's he's one that um, – I mean, he's done a lot of work, and I feel like he probably doesn't – You know, He's been around a lot longer than we realize. Right. Yeah, there's like I'd say 13, 14 years of stuff he's been mm-hmm. around for. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, because he, well, he was definitely doing stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I think I didn't um, wasn't really introduced to him until the new Fifty Two. I believe okay. I believe he and Tomasi were doing Batman, the Batman and Robin title. Yes, and yes. and that I thought was was great. And, um, you know, and I followed that for a while and then I think I, I dropped off and it wasn't until rebirth and it was actually you that got me into, that's like really, um, got me into picking up, uh, I don't know if it was Superman or action or both, but I remember it was specifically, it was the issue where they went to the state fair. Superman. Yeah. And, very good. And, yeah. and, uh, I remember you talked very highly about that and then, um, and I, you know, I was already kind of convinced, and then I think like that week I was listening to a couple other podcasts, and they 
they came out and said the like pretty much almost verbatim like the same thing like and i'm like wow i'm 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 definitely i'm missing something right now if you know if if everyone is you know clamoring and uh you know uh you know uh so excited for superman these days which you know superman is traditionally thought of just kind of like like the big blue boy scout he's just kind of right. a bore but uh it, it sounds like having a family has has um done well by him yeah and it and that can really um it doesn't often work to age a character like that and do a shake up with a character like that but for superman they, the approach they took with it, it really did work. It worked really well. It feels very natural. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like we're missing anything with Superman or that it bogs him down or anything like that. It's it's a very natural, organic like evolution mm-hmm. of the character. Exactly. So, um, what? Well, so, in a, kind of a segue, another another character that I think has done well with a uh, with a spouse and a child. And was also a uh, a former Bend. Well, I shouldn't say former Bendis creation. I mean, it's always going to be his creation. But uh, uh, I, I read uh, the new Jessica Jones from from Marvel. But this was a Marvel digital original. So this only came out through you know the digital means. Um, I think eventually it is going to get collected and you know, for for retail shops. But, but right now, this uh, these issues are only online, and it's I guess as part of I guess Marvel has a new uh, digital initiative where they're taking a lot of their characters that have uh, TV presences and they're doing uh, online you know like digital uh, original digital content for them. So there's going to be like um, like a Luke Cage comic coming out uh, an iron fist i think there's going to be a, a a misty knight and colleen wing daughters of the dragon team up uh, hey. there's going to be if actually i think uh they did do a cloak and dagger one that that's already out i, I missed that i mean i can go back and look for it but i just i kind of just went under my radar and um but definitely i would like jessica jones i was keeping an eye on that because this was the first time jessica was written by someone other than, than Brian Michael Bendis, and that that's kind of a big deal because this was his baby, his creation. I mean, he he created her from nothing. This was the first, uh, you know, like her book Alias was the first was the book that kicked off the Marvel Max line. Um, you know, and it was just like this new take on the superhero community, where she was part of it, but a very um, realistic part of it and and she 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 had a very uh dour take on the superhero community and she was an alcoholic and she you know made bad decisions and just just sometimes was almost hard to like because she was just one of those characters that you know they were she was her own worst enemy but um you know over the years as the was the show faithful in its and its representation? Uh, yeah, for the most part. That, that's probably one of my, um, you, know, you know, if I were to list the uh, the Netflix shows, that would definitely be up there, like, ranked pretty high. Um, in fact, I think season two uh, was better than season one. 
I think it's they they've really fleshed out the character even more. They they, they took it in a different direction than they, they did in the comics. Like they they kind of fleshed out her origin more, and you got to see more of her past. Um, okay, but you know, so but but this book is it, it, this is like a a Jessica Jones that is actually fairly healthy. Um, she's in a she's still in a she's married and is in a good relationship with Luke Cage. They have a daughter together, uh, Danielle, who's you know they they love dearly. I mean, they're a family. They're a little they're a little you know family unit. Yeah, and um and and this was written by uh, Kelly Thompson and drawn by um, sorry I don't have it up um, Matea. Scalari? No, this is someone I oh. I never heard of guess before. It. it was all it was a good guess. Uh, <laughs> his name is uh, I'm sorry, Mattia de. I think he's a I think he's Italian. It's uh, Mattia de Elis Elis. I'm probably I totally butchered that. I'm sure, but um, the art in this book, Jared, is unbelievable. I, I'm I mean I'm. I'm, I, I feel like I, I don't have enough words to say just how amazing this art is. Like this guy is not going to be. You just doing, kiss your kiss your fingertips. Mwah. Mwah. My, my yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bella. Mwah. Uh, there you go. This this guy is not going to be. I, I shouldn't say stuck doing digital because this is still a val. This is you know still a good comic book. I mean this is like a good piece of work, but I mean th- this this guy is not going to be doing this stuff for very long. Um, because it's it's that good. Like he's gonna get super noticed. Like this guy's gonna be working on like a huge book, uh, probably in the next like five years. Um, but the but I, I think the um, the equally as important uh, star of this book is is Kelly Thompson's writing. Um, I mean, this was this was such a, a, a great continuation. Of Jessica's story, and it, it was so faithful to uh, Bendis, but it was like it was like Jessica evolved to the next level, um, where it was it, you know it still had that kind of like there was this nice transition. I mean, it, where it was like still kind of Bendisy, but 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 definitely a, a new voice who was like taking the Bendis and. But making it her own. That's cool. Yeah, and um, uh, not only that, but this was like so. This was basically it was forty five pages for four ninety nine, uh, no oh, ads. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty good deal, and I, I think they're that's how they're doing it. They're doing like two, like kind of like two issues at a time, basically. So or so it, so the next. Even though I, I I don't know it, it's it's really bizarre like this was kind of like issues one and two, but they're calling like the next set issue two, if that makes any sense. Uh, oh okay uh, okay. But this is one I would you know I I would definitely not like if you're um, a fan of of Jessica Jones of Alias of Bendis you know Bendis's work on Alias this is one that I would definitely not pass up because. This isn't just like some digital one shot that doesn't 
mean anything. Like this is like they're telling us a, a substantial story here, and and I'll just and um, you know, in in, in Jessica's own words, um, the bad always finds her. So even though she's, you know, she's happy, she's got a great life right now. There's always something that's going to find her, and it's going to basically put her in the shit. And, gotcha. And in this case, um, she she reopens. Uh, a cold case of hers from five or six years ago, um, you know, in the hopes of bringing a, a former the, the former client um, uh, former client's murderer to uh, to justice, or you know, to bring the, bring some peace to this whole situation. And she finds herself caught in this uh, uh, conspiracy or this um, this web of a serial killer. Who is is targeting um, superpowered women? Like, not like Interesting. not like a list. You know, like they're not going after Captain Marvel or She Hulk or Storm. I mean, like not yet. Like it's almost like they're starting at the bottom, like the street level. Yeah. Well, like they they um, like. Well, I don't want to say too much, but basically, like they went after, um, like uh, you know the character Elsa Bloodstone. From Next Wave, she's like the daughter yeah. of Ulysses Bloodstone. Um, they went after Jessica, and I think there was a couple other characters they mentioned, but these were all like bottom of the barrel Marvel characters. But deep cut, yes, exactly. But still, like, but nonetheless, they were still, you know, in the Marvel universe. There's still people that that you know are matter. You know, that's uh, right, right, right. Um, that's cool too. I like I like when you can. Deep cuts is like a more uh, reverential way of saying rather than like bottom of the barrel or <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you, yeah. You definitely said it better than I did. Um, I, I like when I like when someone does that when they, they empty out the toy box and in plays with those types of characters. That's that's very cool. Yeah, definitely cool because you know like um, you know they said Elsa Bloodstone. I was like, you know, to the to the average person they might be like, who's that? But then I immediately was like, oh my god, next wave. Warren Ellis, Stuart Eminem, that was such a great series, and Elsa was great. Oh, okay. I, I recognize that, but I don't, yeah. And, and I'm the guy with 2,400 comic books upstairs, and I even just it went over my head. So, okay. Well, it's it, just to just a, a sidebar for that. If anyone, if you've not read next, it's called Next Wave Agents of Hate, which is an acronym. I don't even know what hate. I forget what hate stands for, but uh, it's Warren. It's um, I think it's 12 issues, or is it 24 issues? Anyways, it, it's it's collected in one thick collection, um, the entire series, written by Warren Ellis from beginning to end, um, drawn by Stuart Eminem from beginning to end. Amazing stuff. It, yeah, that, that, I can't recommend that book highly enough. That is a powerhouse creative team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just just great action. Great. Um, is that mid two thousands? Middle of the last century or last decade? It was definitely early to mid two thousands. Okay. Um, yeah, like there were some characters you'd recognize in there. Uh, like uh, Machine Man is in it as part of the team. Okay. Um, the Monica Rambeau Captain Marvel. Oh yes. Part yes, of the team. I, know that. I think she went by Photon at the time. That I think that was a while ago. Okay. Um, and there were a couple other, and then there's Elsa Bloodstone. And there were a couple of other characters. Oh, I think um, uh, I, I think Boom Boom was actually part of the team. 
oh from, my. from the New Mutants or whatever team she might have been on at yes. the time. Um, yeah, there was, I think she was definitely on the team. It was just like this random assortment of just goofy characters or like characters that, that you, deep cuts like exactly we were just yeah I'm, yeah you, so again the, the again you keep continues. saying it better than i do <laughs> i keep insulting these characters you're like you you keep showing reverence i'm like oh boy um anyway these bottom feeders yeah these low lifes um but anyways but yeah but getting back to uh yeah jessica jones number one the if if, if you have the uh the means to read a, a digital only comic right now i would highly suggest plunking down your uh your 499 for this one and and for future ones because it was like i said once you once you read it and you get to the end you're going to want more both for the story and for the art wow so fascinating yeah. yep interesting so um what else you got well i know we both read uh, the latest issue of batman oh yeah batman 51 or- Batman goes to jury duty. <laughs> Batman does his civic duty. Yes. They actually say civic duty in the book, too. And I did, uh, to plug my own self-interest, I, I had jury duty earlier this year. Oh, and okay. I did a comic strip with uh, where Incredible Man went to jury duty. <laughs> and then, like, civic duty was, like, the big, like, punchline at the end. And it's available on Instagram. Oh, there you go. Or other... Uh, Find social medias are. What's your What's your Instagram handle for everyone who wants to look? It I up? believe it's my name, Jared Catherine. Maybe Dot Catherine. Let me look. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> so, so this was, I guess, technically the first. Even though it's not really mentioned, this is the first issue of the fallout, uh, or showing the fallout of Batman being stood up at the altar, as it were. I guess. Am I still on camera? You, you are, but, it, but it's, it's it's a little too pixelated. To, uh, <laughs> no, not working. Not yeah, working. It's my name, Jared Catherine. Jared Catherine. <laughs> so, so check out Jared's Instagram for all his cool uh, Incrediman comics. Um, there's Incrediman comics. There's dog pictures. There's baseball pictures. <laughs> all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. You get a get a glimpse into Jared's it's a, life. It's a smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah. If you want to stalk Jared, that's where you want to go. Yeah, come find me. No, um, no, I didn't read the um, oh, I, I, you know, the delay just now. I see what it looks like on the feed. All right, the the um, I didn't read Batman Fifty. I mm-hmm. picked it up. I thought about it. I'm like, eh, I, I, I don't need to, to do this. Yeah. Um, but Fifty One, you know, it's weird. It's just, I'll tell you why I bought Batman Fifty One. Um, and it's weird. My taste in artists has always been more like to the cartoon look mm-hmm. kind of like the, the style that i myself can like rep i like looking at stuff that I, like i can do something like that this art inspires my art and that's what i gravitate towards but i'm finding that i guess as i age uh my my tastes are also uh, maturing and, and growing and evolving and i bought this because lee weeks is on the art and lee weeks is not a, a, an artist that i typically was like i need to get that latest Lee Weeks jam. Um, but I saw that cover was very um, gripping. And I was like, you know what? I can appreciate what a craftsman Lee Weeks is. And I'm buying this book because I'm curious. And uh, the story I, was very good. Again, like having been through jury duty recently and seeing Bruce Wayne go through jury duty, I was like, you don't see this. So I was very interested to see that. Mm-hmm. And then, again, another gripping tale from uh tom king who's a very I, I, someone who you've been championing now for 
years, um, you were like ground floor on the Tom King uh, bandwagon. But yeah, it, it, it was a very. I really enjoyed just the the uh, it's kind of like legal thriller, like little mystery <laughs> type yeah. story there. Yeah, it was. You're, you're right. It was fascinating, and and it occurred to me. I'm like, wow, has no one ever um, told this story before of one of Batman's rogues uh, going to court and and then someone having to stand up and say, well, you know, ba- you know, Batman did this and Batman did that. And, and, you know, like an actual jury having to decide if, uh, you know, if one of his rogues was was guilty or did was Batman complicit and not complicit in the crime, but like, you know, because Batman is not a not a yes. not law enforcement. I mean, he's not an agent of the of the court. Yeah. Or, or the justice system. Yeah. It's like an episode of Law and Order, and this is the order so- half of the episode. <laughs> Go-gong. And we, we yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, well, we never, you're right, we never see this side of it. We always see the first half, mm-hmm. but we never see when it gets to the courthouse and then the right. legal the ramifications. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah, the ramifications. And the fact that, that Bruce Wayne is on the jury is is fascinating. Because you know now he's seeing his actions, like you said, the ramifications, but he's actually seeing it from like the ground level, from from the everyman's yeah. point of view. That the fact that he's uh, part of the court, or I'm sorry, part of the jury, is is really interesting. You know that this like this billionaire is is down with the the rank and file, and he's eating in the cafeteria with with his fellow jurors, and. Um, you know, and, and, and the only – now, I, I, I will admit, so issue 50, I'm not going to get too far into it, but, you know, issue 50 left me uh, with a not great feeling as far as the future of of uh, the series. But like you, I decided to get 51 because I'm a, I'm a great fan of, of Lee Weeks, and, you know, every so often on I'll see – you know, I follow him on social media, and every so often he'll just post a sketch or, like, a commission or – maybe like a variant cover that he that he does of Batman. I'm like, why is this guy not drawing Batman on the regular? Because if anyone's style is meant to be drawing like a street-level, dark crime type of character, it's him. I mean, he he worked for years on Daredevil. And, right. And, you know, which is, you know, Marvel's Batman, basically. So it's like, um, so, you know, to see him do uh batman is you know like oh my god it's finally happening it's finally happening yeah Um, and so i decided to to uh to go in and see what you know what was going on and there was a lot of this i that i i actually liked i i liked the the legal uh procedural uh procedural part of it um i i liked that they it was like kind of a throwback to see um Dick as Batman, like covering for him, for Bruce while he was on jury duty. Yeah, it was cool. I liked the exchange with Commissioner Gordon. He's like, "You're not him. You're the other one. You're the other one, right?" <laughs> yeah. Or the um, the, like the I, forgot, I was paraphrasing, but yeah, like, yeah. You, Commissioner no, Gordon, basically. Yeah, it was like like Gordon knew, just instinctively knew that it wasn't it wasn't Bruce. Um, but uh, I I I like that callback because I really did enjoy. The, the year or so when Dick took the mantle of of the bat when 
he was Batman and um, for a while, and then uh, you know um, he took like he was basically the first person to partner with Damien, I think. Uh, Sounds about right. I wasn't I wasn't really reading the books back then, but I was keeping tabs on the goings on. Yeah, yeah, those were some good. Those were some good issues. Those were that was a uh, like Grant Morrison and Frank Wiley. That was like the Batman and Robin book that was yeah. um, going on. And that was really good. And so that was a that was a neat era for Batman and to see, like I said, to see Dick actually be Batman. Um, so that was that was a fun callback. And uh, again, to see to see Bruce being just part of the the you know the Ham and Eggers. Yeah. And, uh, and then we get that one one glimpse of his like kind of his anguish. Um, when he goes into the the restroom, and he, it's like he screams and he he basically pulls a urinal out of the wall, and and throws it across the the bathroom. It's like he's, you know, it, like that's his pain. You know, he's now. Is that the, you know I didn't read it like is that the pain from the, the the fallout of the ongoing story arc with the Catwoman marriage falling through, or is that just because to me it kind of read as anguish of. Uh, Batman's character being impugned. Oh, like because like, again, I'm not like savvy. It's like like it's like frustration. Tapestry. Yeah, like frustration of like, oh my god, I can't believe I have to be stuck here. With well, not necessarily that, but as um, I, I didn't read it. I didn't read off as like he's like, oh, I'm stuck on jury duty, mm-hmm. and more like um, like I said, with with them questioning like the validity of Batman and, and like. Mm. And and um, does is what he does like can it be, you know, doesn't I'm struggling with my words here, but like does, does Batman being doing what he does like can it be undone on legal technicalities and is he really wrong and what he's doing or his methods yeah. not just and and just like did he screw it up like did he go too far in this particular situation mm-hmm. and he's realized that that it read like those types of frustrations coming out but I, again. I can also now that you say that I could see that it being tapping into the larger storyline and it, it being just yeah. he's mad that he the, the the Catwoman dumped him. Well, you know, well, I can totally see it from 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 where you're coming from too. Um, so it's that, that's that's funny that you know, we're both seeing it from each other's point of view. I think the the other thing that that I just remembered because you were I, it was something you said, but it, it made me remember that. Um, Part of the um, part of I, I forget now the uh, how it came about, but basically you see Batman going a little too far with with Mister Freeze, like yeah, really he shakes like, him down. Like he's, <laughs> he's he's very. It was almost like he was more violent with him than he needed to be, and it was. And yeah. I, I wonder if that is part of uh, you know if that's part of the fallout too. Like yeah, true. You know which I. It, it's fascinating because it kind of works on both levels. Like as someone like me who hasn't been keeping close tabs on what's been going on and is reading this more like a, on a standalone basis, um, it, within the context of its story, these actions and behaviors all kind of are logical. But then again, now with you talk, discussing like what's been going on before this and where Batman's currently at, uh, it also makes sense. So I don't know if that's a calculated decision or mm-hmm. if it's just it just worked out that way. Because I also remember like they're, they're t- 
Gordon's on the the witness stand, and they're talking about how Batman did the autopsy, and then the, like the the defense attorney's like grilling Gordon how like Batman's not, you know, a, a, on the police force, and he, he's not, you know, he's, he's not, not a, a forensic. To... Yeah, he's not he's not the coroner, so like his findings can be um, are biased, and so like that that stuff like that is what like I was reading into like Bat- Bruce Wayne's frustration, and then you know the. I guess, yeah, I guess what he did to Mr. Freeze, it does make more sense in that context. But it also just read like a shakedown. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a shakedown. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this is going to be, if I, if I remember correctly, it's going to be like a maybe a three-issue arc. So, um, you know, we won't, I don't think we'll have to wait too long for a resolution. But, um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this plays out uh, story-wise and to see, I mean, obviously, you know, to see more Lee Weeks goodness. Yeah. And I'll pop in for like a three-parter. Yeah. That's cute. It's cool. Yeah, I, I think from 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 this point forward, I I'm gonna it's gonna be a Batman is not gonna be an automatic buy. It's gonna have to be a case by case basis or an issue by yeah. issue basis. Um, you know, I I have heard uh, I, I heard a recent interview with with Tom King, the writer, and you know that, and then that his story, the story that he's telling from you know going back to literally issue one of Rebirth, was meant to be, you know, a one hundred issue arc, basically. That like he's got this long game planned, and you know, oh, wow. so what happened in issue fifty is not like the end all be all of the relationship between Batman and Catwoman, um, so. I'm I'm on the fence whether or not I want to, you know, if, if I'm going to lock in for the entire run, or if I'm just going to maybe, like you said, just kind of pop in if if it looks if it looks or sounds interesting, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of what I've done. I mean, because I did the whole Snyder Capullo run of Batman, and then I was kind of just, and when that ended, I was kind of ready for a change. Yeah. And then it, it, I think I read the Rebirth issue of Batman. And now I kind of, I kind of regret, kind of regret that because it's like, oh man, I missed out on like some, it sounds like some quality stuff. But what I was seeing, like solicitation wise, wasn't really grabbing me. Mm-hmm. But um, I've got some random issues here and there. I think there was one with Swamp Thing that I got. Oh yeah, that was pretty. That good. was really good. Um, so I, you know, I just sort of like if if it does real, if if it checks all the boxes for me, I'll plunk down my three four bucks for it <laughs> it's totally totally ridiculous but i think i mean that was a really good issue like going back to that batman swamp thing team up um but i think my favorite part of that that issue was just the title which i think it was called the brave and the mold something like yeah yeah <laughs> and like that was just that's so stupid but so brilliant yeah um another thing that like uh, kind of keeping on the tom king track um his he's got a event coming out or a series a mini series coming out yes. later this fall is called uh, heroes in crisis which um which is is intriguing it sounds very fascinating it's well here's what was interesting to me i i've, I've read about this upcoming storyline and that it involves this place that they're calling the sanctuary and the sanctuary was name dropped in the most recent issue of doomsday clock Oh. Now, I'm not going to get into a Doomsday Clock review. I'm just going to say this. 
Doomsday Clock is was the storyline that the miniseries that was like advertised as Superman versus Doctor Manhattan. It's a twelve issue miniseries. Issue six came out. Still no Superman or Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> I've heard. And <laughs> and I'm starting to wonder if it's on. I mean, DC's got the multiverse. I wonder if it takes place on the Earth that we know. I'm certain it makes it makes me feel like it's not. But just the the representation of certain characters has not been consistent mm-hmm. with how we've been seeing them. And so it either takes place on a different Earth or it takes place like a little further down the road than where things are at now. Actually, and that's where that sanctuary reference made me think. Well, maybe it is on this Earth, but maybe it's just like a year down the road because there's stuff they're talking about that's not been mentioned at all in the current like DC Comics that I've seen. Like particularly this whole Superman theory and the, the scandal and controversy going on around that. Which, anyways, if you haven't been reading it, it's like this: like, why are all the superheroes from America? Is like the United States government secretly creating superheroes? It's like some sort of like scandal, like is, is, rumor. You know, like is this what's going on? Why is this happening? That that's sort of like the the this ongoing thing in the world that this is taking place in. And, like, the way Batman's drawn, it's not the normal Batman suit that's in current like, continuity and stuff like that. So it's kind of wondering if it's – if they went to a different Earth. But then, again, I don't know. It's weird. It, it just – the whole thing's kind of just odd. And then, like, if you go back to Rebirth and, like, the whole, like, oh, Dr. Manhattan's, like, fooling with time and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's – we'll see. It's just like, you know, when you're – you say it's Superman versus Dr. Manhattan, you're halfway through – and you've only they've only shown Superman like once, like in their second issue or something like that, and he was like in like one page. It's like I don't know, and it's all these peripheral characters seems to be the focus. It's not bad. It's just, just uh, not... it's moving at a very slow pace. Well, and I also wonder if there's something to be to be said for you know uh, red herrings, like what you know. I mean, I'm sure there so, will be some sort of final confrontation between. Superman and Dr. Manhattan, but uh, again, I wonder if maybe that was just kind of the 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 red herring to you know, to kind of like... It could be. It could be a misdirection. To kind of keep huh? like from the bigger story or to, to keep... Or maybe Dr. Manhattan is Superman, and that's what the... Whoa, <laughs> blow my mind. Well, I, I'm just... I, I, I just wonder if maybe DC is trying to actually keep things under wraps so it's more of a surprise when it's actually I'm sure. revealed. And then, like, it's, the storyline got – or the production got delayed, so now it's going to last. It won't finish until next year. Mm-hmm. It, it went to every other month release format. Yeah, but. quite honestly, I, I I forgot that it was still coming out. Uh, I, I'm only reminded when, like, on New Comic Book Day when it happens to come out. I'm like, oh, Doomsday Clock. I Yeah. I stopped reading it at issue two or three or after two or three. Okay. Again, not because of, like – quality just um just forgot about it and it's it's it, yeah. it's it's not on my radar um the the couple of issues that i read i thought were were okay my my you know my mind wasn't blown i might i might do like kind of the netflix equivalent and just wait till it's you know like halfway or well it is halfway now like maybe i'll catch yeah. up you know and you know go back and buy some issues right. and kind of or when like, it's all binge read Yes, and I'm curious. Maybe, maybe once it's all together and you can just plow through it, maybe it won't be as um, frustrating. 
Yeah, to read because, the complete right story. Things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and 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 I, and that was the that's you know for for us for um for some of us that came into comics a little later, like in like the maybe like the mid to late eighties or nineties. You know, a lot of these um, seminal works like Watchmen and Dark Knight. I mean, um, you know, we have the advantage of having them been finished like they were finished when we started reading so we didn't have to wait month after month uh, or every couple of months or however long it took for Watchmen to come out or for um, you know Dark Knight Returns to come out I mean these these books these collections were there waiting for us and we didn't have to uh, yeah we didn't have to wait at all and and I don't mean to turn this into a history lesson but weren't both of those series delayed and releasing when they were coming out too. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I would not doubt it for a second because of the, uh, just because of the scope of, yeah, of uh, what they were doing and, yeah, and, and and you know probably what was involved as far as you know the storytelling and the art and, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those if those books were delayed coming off the line. Uh, yeah, so history is repeating. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think that you know Doomsday Clock might be one that I'll I'll wait for. And, and I don't hold Watchmen as some sacred cow, so I I don't have any. I'm not offended by what by them using the characters. I, that oh. doesn't bother me. I, I've yeah, I, I've, I've become desensitized to the exploitation. So I feel like at this point, since we've already um, you know, like we got through as a as a comic book community, we we survived. Like everyone was up in arms, or you know, half the people were up in arms about the before Watchmen line of you know comics, uh, all the various miniseries for uh, with the uh, spotlight of the different main characters, and we survived those. Everything's fine. So I think at this point, you know, I I feel like the the number of people. Uh, of dissident people uh, who you know cry cry rage uh, at the the thought of using <laughs> the Watchmen, I, I feel like that has lessened some. Perhaps, I, yeah. I mean, I, you still hear, it, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's just it does, does you're, a, you're, you're screaming at the clouds. Exactly, it, it just doesn't seem to be as as big of a an issue as it used to be. Like they're when, still going to do it, and that's what's been uh, proven. Sure, there's always going to be someone it's, who's going to, yeah, he's going. Like it's you still said. moving forward. What they should do is like a t- as, as some sort of like crossover miniseries where the Watchmen characters combat like the Charlton characters. Oh, that'd be <laughs> <laughs> like Question versus Warshack and uh, Blue Beetle versus Night Owl and <laughs> Captain Adam versus Doctor Manhattan. Oh, that would be kind of well. That yeah, that would be kind of cool in a, in a weird way. Since that's what they were all that's all based on. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, well, let's uh, move on a little bit now. I think you had another book that you were going to talk about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll just say um, I read Spider Gwen thirty four. It was the final issue of the run, and kind of what you were talking about with uh, Ben Desleve and Jessica Jones, um, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez, that creative team is now leaving uh, the Gwen Stacy spider woman of earth 65. I think it was, you know, I've read 
like every issue of the series, going back to Edge of Spider-Verse through like the first volume and then the, the second volume because there was some event where they rebooted. Um, I've kind of felt like I need a little bit of cliff notes, because, mainly because there was some crossover where they did like a status quo shakeup in one of the crossover books that I didn't pick up. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, eh, I'm not getting the other like spider books where this like storyline continues. I'll just keep going. And then when it comes back, I like, wait, what happened? Um, so there was a, a bit of playing catch up with me, but I really enjoyed it. It was a really cool um, series and it, it put a, some unique spins on like the familiar characters from Marvel and just sort of opened up this whole like multiverse romp that it has and was really cool. So I don't know what the next step is for the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen. Um, so I don't know if if I will follow the character or not. But uh, like I said, it, it did add its run. It told a complete story um, and was very enjoyable. And I just wanted to just note that as, as that last issue came out last week. Cool. And now it's being unique to see um, – so I, would keep, I think there might be something. I don't know if something's been officially announced or not. I see something called like Spider Ghost or something like that. Oh yeah, like the Ghost Spider or something. Yeah, I Ghost just saw Spider. I think that might be like her next series. But I'm not sure. I haven't had a chance to uh, research it to see what what that deals with. And I know she will show up like in other properties. Like uh, there's like this Spider Geddon crossover event coming up, and mm-hmm. she's gonna be in that animated movie coming out in December. Which looks kind of cool. Yeah, that looks like, really the good. Spider Verse. That, that, that I'll, I'd like to check that out. That yeah. looks interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm. I'm I thought I heard that uh, Ghost Spider, something about that uh, was mentioned or was announced from last week at San Diego Comic Con. Okay. Um. So yeah, it doesn't sound like she's going away anytime soon, which is which is good. I actually I, I feel bad. I actually I I really enjoyed reading that. Um, Reading her her book when it first came out, when she was first introduced, I, I really liked the, the 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 take that they had with her, like mm-hmm. that whole alternate universe. Um, I thought the creators were really good, especially I, I I love the artist. I don't know if it's the same artist. Um, Robbie Rodriguez, yeah, yeah. He, he's there's like some fill-ins here or there, but yeah, he he pretty much did the art all the way through. And with that style, it was a very unique take, and they sort of were able to build their own world with the character and do, do like their own thing, and everything about it just be, was very um, unique to itself, and yeah. it, it was very much its own thing, as far as like the, the look and the concept and everything. It all played well together. Mm-hmm. At this sort of like broad concept of the multiverse and the hopping around and the different variations of the versions of the characters interacting and everything. It was really cool. Cool. Excellent. Okay, so um, so the next book I was going to talk about real quick. Um, these are just a, a couple of quick hits uh, that I have. So this is the first, uh, 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 The Magic Order, number one, by Mark Miller and um, artist Olivier Coipel. This is actually the first, uh, ne- this is the first comic to come out of uh, Mark Miller's deal with Netflix. You know, I did read it. I think I read. Oh, we they sent us a preview, so I read the preview. Yes. And it's still published by Image, but it is like the Netflix imprint. Right. Yeah, on the on on the back cover, it's it's very it's like the big Netflix logo right on the back of the cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this was uh, this was I thought really 
a fun first issue. Um, the, I guess the the tag or the uh, if you know the elevator pitch is um, magic meets the mob. So it's like oh, that's, yeah, this that's is like that. five yeah like five families of magicians um, that protect our world. They're they but now they're battling like a common enemy who's picking them off uh, one by one, and you know by day they're they they come off as just regular people, but you know in like their secret lives they've um, you know they're sorcerers, magicians, and wizards. They protect the regular world, the Muggles. If if you're a, if you're a <laughs> Potterhead uh, from uh, forces of darkness and but again, they're like so they're 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 trying to protect people, but at the same time they're trying to um, protect themselves, and they have you know in their own families, and um, so the the magic order focuses on on one family um, initially. I I think that's who we're gonna follow throughout this. I, we haven't really been introduced in depth to any of these other five families, just the first uh, family. Uh, but the the first issue was really good. It actually. I think it actually came out like last month. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 I kind of I, I missed it, but I heard a lot of people saying really positive things about it, and uh, so I you know I read it and oh my god the first of all like the the art, I mean we don't get to see Olivier Coipel that much anymore. He was he did a lot of work for Marvel um, mm-hmm. a while ago, but um, you know now I, I'm not sure what he's doing if, if he's just freelancing or what. But oh my god, I'm glad he's on this book because it is just very pretty. Oh, it's gorgeous, just gorgeous stuff. Yeah, I like. I mean, it's very much the uh, the Mark the, the Miller style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much a Mark Miller piece. But yeah, that artwork is just gorgeous. It, it's intriguing. I like the concept too. I liked it. That's why I checked it out when I saw the preview issue come through. Um, I you see that beautiful artwork, and it's a concept that does. Uh, capture my interest and see what it's done. So, mm-hmm. um, not enough for me to like plunk down my dollars for it, but uh, I'd set my I'd keep keep my tabs on. And I'm sure eventually it'll become a Netflix show. So we'll see a live action version of it. Which the visual cue if they take like the production design from the comic, mm-hmm. I imagine it'd be a very uh, uh, good looking program to watch too. Which could be a very cool byproduct of this whole Netflix deal is if they do take – if this did – I mean I'm speculating and now I'm going off on a tangent with the speculation. But if these shows do take their visual cues from the comics, that means like these artists and what they create in the comics will then like inform like how these shows will look. Mm-hmm. That, that could be very, very cool. That could be a very good thing. And, and then open up like the casual viewer to like what's going on in these world of comics, like look at these brilliant artists and what's going on. These visuals being created. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and, and and he's got he's got so many. I mean, uh, properties prior to the Netflix deal that I mean, hopefully will be part of the Netflix deal. Like I mean, Reborn, um, Starlight, Huck. Um, oh right, right, right. Yeah, uh, Chrononauts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. the, uh, Jupiter Circle. Uh, I mean, or Jupiter's Legacy. Either one of. The, I mean, these are all. I, I think almost all these books were. I know we've mentioned them multiple times on our show, as kind of like show favorites. You know, these were, all, like, yeah. you know, that he's yeah. 
that Miller has kind of undergone kind of a renaissance. As, you know, he's he's come up. Um, you know, he, I mean, he's still putting out Kickass, but you know, when when the first Kickass came out, you know, he was putting out a lot of like really like just uber violent books. I mean, he had Kickass, he had Wanted, he had um, Nemesis, and you know, and and while they were on the surface, they were kind of fun to read because they were just like, just balls out, crazy ass, um, you know, action and violence for violence sake. It got to be, it got to be too much, at least for me. And right on, yeah. You know, and 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 so you know, I, I kind of I took a step back from his work for a long time, and when he started putting out, um, like you know, I, I picked up Reborn and read that and. Starlight, I loved, and Huck, I thought was was just a kind of a cute story. Um, I totally love the uh, um, Jupiter's, uh, like Jupiter's Legacy and Jupiter's Circle books. See, that's one that I actually fell off from, and it's weird because I print quietly. I'm usually in for a penny, in for a pound, but that the Jupiter's Legacy is that the one he did, and then Circle was like the flashback series. Is that yeah, I, have that? I think like uh, never read Circle. Circle. Circle and Legacy, I, I fell off on. Um, I still read Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl, mm-hmm. uh, even with the re-release. And then, yeah, Huck, Huck I kind of forgot about. But, yeah, I, I bought those. And Chrononauts was one I, I enjoyed. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, hopefully, like, you know, the, I think he's in a good position where he's got a lot of great material and, and, uh, and you know, and, and – Hopefully this Netflix deal will only be good for his future material, you know, that it won't, uh, you know, it won't sully it in some way or uh, right. that he won't just be putting it out for, you know, just to churn it out for, you know, fodder for the for the Netflix machine. Um, some like, I, I don't even know. Do you remember the, the book War Heroes? It got like, no. two issues. It, he did it with Tony Harris, uh, maybe in the early 2000s. And it was supposed to be like a five or six issue miniseries, and mm-hmm. I think exactly two issues came out, and he sold the rights, and like, or he made a deal or whatever to, you know, with some compass, some production company for the rights to War Heroes, and like that was the last anyone ever saw of War Heroes. It never came out again. It, it sounds vaguely familiar as you discuss it, but. And, and it may be power of suggestion. The, the, and the premise was, so, you know, the, and it, it was, as a lot of his books go, it was um, it was mirroring our our current events where the U.S. is in the middle of a war um, in the Middle East, and but the U.S. government has developed uh, the technology or uh, to give soldiers uh, superpowers to to fight and. And, and that's kind of, you know, where it okay. – and, and, you know, of course, things go off the rails, as they naturally do in a Mark Miller book. But right. that's pretty that, – that was the premise. And I guess someone liked it enough after two issues to to buy buy up the rights, and that was it. That's all. Well, yeah, and that was a product of its time, too. So something like that I could see getting snapped up right away. And mm-hmm. then it sounds like I just got lost in development hell, as they call it. Yeah. So, but I I, I feel like this um, the, the Netflix deal will only be good for for Mark Miller and and his uh, his work. So, fingers crossed on that. 
Indeed. Um, so a couple other books I want to talk about real quick. Um, this was from Image, another Image book. This is uh, – and, and this one I, I kind of – I just – I totally – I saw it and I completely just blew it off. But uh, I heard a good review about it, so I decided to go back and check. And it was it's uh, Aphrodite 5, number one, from, from Image and Top Cow, um, written by Brian Hill and art by – uh, Jeff Spokes. Um, I don't. I don't know. Didn't they do something like that? Isn't that like an old? Okay, so so there's there was a property called there was a book called Aphrodite Nine. Okay. Back in the day, that was like okay. Mark Silvestri. Uh, I think that was like pretty much like the first thing like David Finch ever really like. Okay. That was his first like kind of pref- or that's what he was known for like. Real real cheesecakey, wasn't it? Oh, super cheesecakey, like uh, the. Like she had long green hair, like very voluptuous. Yeah, like a short or, skirt and butt yeah, hanging but, out. But okay. like big old guns and just like yeah. the, the the stereotypical male fantasy, whatever. Yeah. For comics, um, also a product of its time. Exactly. Um, but they've you know and and they they've retooled that property um, a couple of years ago. They brought it back, and I was actually reading it for a while because it was a really good story. It was almost like kind of. It was in the future, but it was it was little games of Thronesy, where it was like, you know, it was it was a lot of intrigue and it was a lot of like, uh, some political drama, and uh, this Aphrodite character was kind of right in the middle of it, um, and it was like it was the future, but they had dragons and just this whole thing, and right on. it was really good for a while, and then I kind of dropped off, um, but there's a but then they've. You know, the idea was like Aphrodite Nine was always kind of like in the future, um, so this is this is Aphrodite Five. So this is a model that's more uh, more today, more like current, but it's it it's it's in the present day, but like um, kind of like in the near future. Thanks. Um. So it's uh it's in like a a modern day, but like, you know, not too far from now, Los Angeles and, um, and our world and the cities on the, on the brink of, um, you know, this crime and terror and, um, all this like black market technology. And, uh, all of a sudden this character shows up as Aphrodite five and she, um, it, it, it's all very mysterious. Like you don't know where she came from, um, what her, purpose is what her mission is but she's she's she clearly has like you know a special set of skills i mean she's you know she's a she's a soldier she's a warrior um and you know she's there to help but you know there there's just so much you know surrounding her and um the other supporting characters uh that you're not really sure like it's one of those things like you're not really sure who's good who's bad um what the you know what the story is going to be going forward but it but it was, but it was uh, really uh, intriguing enough for me to like want to keep going, and the art by this uh, this Jeff Spokes, who I'd never heard of before, was so good. It reminded me of like a like Ryan Sook, um, kind okay. of. A, um, I don't know if you if you uh, can look up the the cover to uh, to number one, but um, you know it's it, it's like he can draw. 
you know, it's like, you know, after 85, it's like she's a, she's a beautiful woman, but she's not, but it's not cheesecake. You know, like she looks like she can handle herself. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was pretty cool. So I think I'm going to, going to keep going with this one. Right on. Uh, let's see what else I got in the, in the can here. Um, Oh, Copperhead, Copperhead 19. I, I used to talk about Copperhead every so often. Uh, J, it's a like the Jay Ferber uh, science fiction western, and to to me it always felt like the like the spiritual successor to like Firefly, it, like in tone. Even though this in this book there's you know there's humans alongside of like there's there's actually aliens and things like that, but it's not like full on Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, it's a little more grounded. Um, I just wanted to mention this because this series original artist, uh, Scott Godlewski, is back uh, drawing this book, and I couldn't be happier because um, I was – I mean, his art was part of the reason why I started picking it up in the first place. Um, but this is – this is you know, even with the fill-in artists um, have been, you know, like decent, but I feel like they were just placeholders um, waiting for – for this guy to come back and I'm, I'm glad he did. Cause this is, this book is like as much him as it is, uh, Jay Ferber. So welcome back, Scott Godlewski. I'm, I'm so happy you're back because <laughs> it's, right it's one yeah. of my favorite books. And, and when he left the book, I was like, Oh man, it's kind of a bummer, but you know, I still kept going with it because the story was still pretty good. And, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a happy nerd. Good. And that's all that matters. <laughs> yes, your happiness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's that is probably all I've got for as far as comic reviews. I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. That's a lot of comics reviewed. Yeah, we uh, we talked about about six or seven comics. So that's pretty good. A lot, lot to chew on there. That's right. So um, okay, so I guess yeah, we can we can wrap this wrap this one up. Uh, Hey, before we else? go, yes, I just want to give a shout out on August 11th, I believe it is. It's a Saturday evening, if I'm not mistaken, at 10 p.m. on uh, our local PBS station, WQED. There's going to be a comic book documentary, Aaron. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I forget that. what it's called. Uh, it's called, I think it's like Comics with an X um, between the pages or between the panels. I forget what it's called. Yeah, something like that. Horrible plug. But um, <laughs> yeah. our heart's in the right place. Yeah. So I like, said, and that's uh, that's interesting. That'll be on the local uh, WQED here, and we got sent a um, like the first ten minutes of it, or a link to the first ten minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I watched. I, mean, it's, I watched it's it. A, it's pretty good. It's a good old fashioned. Uh, for the first ten minutes, it was like a, just interviews with some notable names in the comics industry, mm-hmm. just about like comics and what it does for them and what it's about so it, it i think it'd be worth a watch it's not a rick seaback special but <laughs> not everything can be a rick seaback special yeah no and i i think this will be fun and 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 it should it's we should note that this um i forget the gentleman's name who who put this out it's michael yeah i'm michael i'm plugged my keyboard so doing any type of searching is like very <laughs> difficult We'll have to put uh, a we'll, we'll put up a link or we'll put maybe up maybe in our media episode we can also <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um 
Oh, but but he's but but this gentleman has taken this uh, documentary uh, nationwide. So it's if 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 you miss it, you know, at uh, if you're not able to watch it locally here in Pittsburgh, I mean, the chances are it's it's either coming to your town or it's been in your town, and there's I'm sure there's a there's a way to watch it. Um, but but I, I I've um, I've been on this guy's website and he's he's taken it to various towns, various conventions. Um, so he's you know it, it seems like it's been very um, favorably accepted at a lot of different places. So uh, if you're interested in watching it, you know I'm, I'm sure there's a way for you to find it. So we'll we'll make sure to put up a link to uh, to his site yeah, and, we'll put it and on. Um, yeah put, put up the the information so. If, if you are able, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, uh, if, if you are able to watch it, um, you know we'll let you know the times and the dates and everything like that. Indeed. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. I'm Jared. <laughs> That's Jared waving frantically, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.